Hey everybody, welcome back to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. I'm Robbie, and I'm back in the New Testament today. Uh, I've got a story about the Apostle Paul. Now, you might be thinking, the Apostles, those were what the Twelve Disciples were called, like after Jesus went back to heaven and they became teachers instead of followers. Yes, except don't expect to remember where Paul fit into the Jesus stories because Paul was not there. He was an apostle, but he wasn't like one of the 12 apostles. Well, I mean, he may have been there voting like to kill Jesus. More later. Okay, but um, a quick recap. Remember, Jesus was like the radical teacher. He's Jesus Christ. That's the Greek word for Messiah, the central figure of Christianity, Christianity. Anyway... Rome killed him, and the the new little church of Christians blamed the Jewish religious leaders for that. And uh, now the disciples, like, claim Jesus came back from the dead, but you can't see him because he went to heaven, but he'll be back eventually. And then God gave them the special Holy Spirit of God, and they can, like, do miracles and stuff like Jesus did. And they want all the Jewish people to become Christians and follow Jesus instead. Well, for Peter, the most important apostle, following Jesus was like Judaism plus, like extra DLC for Judaism or like a sequel that changes the canon entirely or something like that, except possibly it's mandatory depending on who you ask. Like soon in the development of Christianity, believing in Jesus becomes explicitly mandatory to Christians if you don't want to be tortured for, you know, eternity. And you could probably argue that that change has to do with Paul's influence. And again, I'm going to reiterate what comes up in like every New Testament episode. These beliefs about Jews versus Christians persist today. And because of these beliefs, Christians often harass Jewish people for, you know, not being Christian. Not all Christians, but a lot of them, like the evangelical ones, because evangelical just means they try to convince other people to believe what they believe. That's what evangelizing is. It takes a lot of hubris. That's a fancy literature word that means too much pride. It takes a lot of hubris to go around telling people they need to believe exactly what you believe in in order to be a good person. But that's like okay because the Apostle Paul left plenty of hubris lying around, in my opinion. I don't I don't just love the Apostle Paul, to be honest. Well, if you remember, way back last year when I covered Peter and early Christianity, the Christians, Peter and them, they were getting in trouble with the religious establishment for going around the temple healing people in Jesus's name and preaching about Jesus and like telling everyone that the high priest personally had God's Messiah killed. That didn't go over well, right? So they got arrested. But like, that's okay because an angel busted them out of prison. And then they, they did get like flogged, which is like being beaten, but legally as a punishment. But they were uh, actually really excited because like Jesus... Their hero had straight up gotten killed for, you know, being Jesus and talking about, you know, himself. So they thought it was really cool for them to get beat up for talking about Jesus. So there were like 12 apostles, right? Not counting miscellaneous other apostles who came along later, like Paul. And then the apostles appointed some men to be uh, deacons to take care of the mundane, boring things, like making sure people get enough to eat. Because, like, people, the rich people in the church would give their money, and then the deacons would have to make sure the poor people got food from that money so that everyone was taken care of. Um, but they didn't, like, want Peter to have to take care of actually taking care of people because they wanted him just preaching. So uh, one of those deacons was a guy called Stephen. Um, it's not like Steven Universe, it's the one that's spelled with like a PH. Well, this translation spells it with a PH. But like, he was cool, but don't get too attached. 
because he doesn't last long in the story. He was so incredibly wise and very good at talking about Jesus because he, he did the talking about Jesus as well as the mundane deacon activities. And so uh, none of the religious leaders could argue with him because like the Holy Spirit was so powerful with him that he was great at arguing and he won every argument. So the Sanhedrin, they brought Stephen in for like questioning and he told them like a bunch of Bible stories that they already knew because they're the Sanhedrin. They're like the Jewish religious establishment. Like he's on trial, but he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you about Abraham and, and Moses and all these stories that y'all have heard by now if you've listened to the whole podcast. And then he blamed them for killing Jesus and blamed their ancestors for persecuting prophets like Elijah. And they got really upset. They got so mad at him that they covered their ears and yelled like, so they couldn't hear anymore, like, ba 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 I can't hear you, which is a thing I did to my brothers when I was a kid, but not when I was like a, you know, old grown-up sitting on a court. But anyway, that's what they did, and they're like, oh, we can't hear you, Stephen, blah, 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 and they dragged him out of the city gates, and then they threw rocks at him, which is a actually a punishment that was in some of the Jewish law. It's meant to be like a a death sentence, but he didn't really get tried a fair trial. But anyway, so they threw rocks at him and he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, which is similar to what Jesus said when he died, except for Jesus was talking to God. And then the text says, Stephen fell asleep in the quotes, which is a really delicate way of putting it. And all the while watching this was a young man named Saul, and he was taking care of everyone's coats while they did this work. He considered important, but apparently beneath him to actually throw the rocks at Stephen. And if you think it's curious that I keep mentioning the Apostle Paul, and suddenly here's a, a named character with a name that rhymes, that's because Saul was the Hebrew name, and Paul was a Roman approximation of that name. And that's him, our new character, Paul, also called Saul. He'll be called Saul in like the rest of this story. He was an important rising star in the Jewish religious establishment. As it turns out, he was also pretty important in the movement to stomp down this rebellious new cult of Jesus people. So, like, he went around finding people to arrest for being Christians. He would break into people's houses while they were praying, and they were just, you know, mind their own business, and he'd break into their houses and get them thrown in prison or sometimes get them stoned to death. And he's like, well, Jerusalem, like, that's just, you know, I've already done a lot of Jerusalem. I've got people started arresting other people. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to get permission from the high priest. So he gets permission from the high priest to go to other cities and to bring Christians, Jewish Christians from other places and bring them back and lock them up. And like Saul believed that he was right. He had the right beliefs and he was doing the right thing. And the other people were wrong. And so he believed that very strongly, and he was all in on getting rid of the Christians, so they'd stop teaching people the wrong thing and would return to listening to him and his allies teaching the right thing. This is, you know, the hubris I was talking about. Well, so he's, he's got his important letter from the high priest, and he's headed to a city called Damascus, which is like a six days walk away from Jerusalem. Or like, you know, probably a few hours if you had like a car and roads, but those haven't been invented yet. Well, roads had been invented, actually, but um, not cars. The text said that Paul was zealous about arresting Christians. And like zealous is a good Bible word you should know if you want to read the Bible. Sometimes it gets used really positively. Here it's considered negative because 
it means that someone's going after their goal really energetically. And if your goal is a bad goal, which of course the Bible writer does think it is, um, then zealous is like a bad thing. But he was zealous, and his goal was to get rid of the Christians. But while he was on the road to Damascus, he was like really close to Damascus and really far from home. He saw this bright light flash around him. And I don't know if it was like, if it had a thunder sound effect or not. I always picture it with that. And he like fell to the ground. Um, and he heard this voice saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, uh, who are you, sir? And the voice said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now go into the city and wait for directions. And after that big flash of light, Saul was blinded and he couldn't see anything anymore. And the men who were with him hadn't seen the light, but they actually did hear the voice. They had to hold Saul by the hand and help him get the rest of the way to the city of Damascus. And then he sat around in some house that they took him to for three days. He didn't eat anything. He didn't drink anything. He just sat there waiting. He obviously had to put all, all his very important persecute people for their faith plans on hold. And uh, so he just waited like the big, scary, bright voice told him to do. Meanwhile, Jesus, who was like living in heaven and just making some magical cameo appearances to be clear because he was in heaven by now he had to pull some strings because he had like big plans for his new buddy Saul Jesus who they also called Lord talked to this guy named Ananias he's not the dead one from episode 31 he's a different Ananias and the Lord Jesus apparently said look Ananias you have to go visit this guy named Saul because I've already sent him a vision and he's expecting a guy named Ananias to come to him and put his hands on him so that he can see again. Which really like puts Ananias in an awkward spot there as the only surviving person in the narrative named Ananias. But he says, uh, Lord, I heard about this guy Saul and all the horrible things he's done to, you know, everyone who follows you. So maybe we should just leave him there. If there's an idea, then he can't hurt us. And Jesus is like, no, I have, I have a plan. It's going to be like super ironic. Saul will be the one to carry the good news about me, Jesus, not only to other Jewish people, but also to Gentiles. And that's, that's people who aren't Jewish. Then Jesus continued, I will definitely show Saul what it's like to suffer for my name. And like, I guess that reassurance that Saul was going to suffer sounded really plenty good to Ananias because then he decided he would do what Jesus said. So he went to Saul and Ananias said, hey there, brother, the Lord sent me to you. You know, like Jesus, that one. Apparently you've already met him. And anyway, he wants you to see again and also to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then poof, something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized, which is like taking a symbolic bath. In some modern churches, baptism means like the pastor or somebody official dunks you in a pool that's kind of like a really deep bathtub that's like often built into the stage at the front of the church for that very, very purpose. In like Bible stories, usually when someone gets baptized, that's when they get like the Holy Spirit comes on them. And that was it. Saul got baptized and he was a Christian. Although t technically, I keep using that word, it wasn't actually in usage at that point of the story. It's later in Acts where they start using that term. And maybe you think Saul, he's, uh, 
he's just decided to become a Christian after, you know, like trying to kill all the Christians. So maybe he's going to sit back. He's going to learn. He's going to listen. He's going to repent. He's going to, he's going to apologize. He's going to slowly try to earn the trust of the people he had been trying to arrest like three days before. Uh, no, not really. He actually, he immediately went to the synagogue to preach the good news about Jesus, who he had personally met in a vision like three days ago. Whatever Saul believed, you really should believe it too, you know, according to Saul. And now Saul believed in Jesus. And everyone who like heard Saul talking about Jesus was astounded. Whatever Saul believed, you had better believe it too. And now Saul believed in Jesus. And he wasn't going to stop talking until you also believed in Jesus. And everyone who heard Saul talk about Jesus was like astounded. And I'm not so sure that this is a good kind of astounded they're like, uh, wasn't this the guy who came here to Damascus just to arrest anyone who believed in Jesus? But he just argued with them to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. Because this is totally an intellectual exercise. And Paul, you know, he's like super intellectual. So anyway, they got tired of him arguing and they decided to try to kill him. But uh, he had he had like some disciples of his own already, some followers of his own. So they heard about people were going to try to kill him. So they they put him in a big basket and they they had the basket tied to some ropes and they lowered the basket with this grown man in it. They lowered it out of the city like he was like an overgrown argumentative Moses going to safety in a basket. And then he went to Jerusalem, but the Christians there wouldn't let him join them because uh, of how recently he had been trying to kill them. But he just tried to argue with them to let him join. But then some other guy argued and they kind of listened to him. So Saul was like staying around Jerusalem, just arguing loudly all the time with people. But this time arguing for Jesus, you know. And and then there were some Jews called the Hellenists because they um, they spoke Greek instead of Hebrew. And so they also tried to kill Saul. So the, the brothers, that is the other people who believed in Jesus, they were like, uh, you probably should go. You're, you're going to get killed. So they led him out of the city and they sent him on his way back to his homeland in Tarsus, which is modern day Turkey. Honestly, I don't know where that is on a map. But anyway, that's where he went. And so Saul left Jerusalem and then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria was at peace and prospered. Later, Saul, he didn't like stick around in Turkey forever. He like went to Rome. He went traveling, got shipwrecked at some point. And he like got in lots of arguments. He got in arguments with a bunch of Jewish believers, actually, including Peter, like the Peter, like the guy Jesus put in charge of all the disciples. And he's like, according to Saul, Peter was like totally wrong. And he was like listening to fake Christians. That's like in the in the letter to the Galatians which is in the New Testament. Like these, Peter must be listening to fake Christians because they were saying something different than what Saul believed. And um, if you if you ever interact with Christians online, that's a, that's a popular line of argument. Like they're not actually real Christians because they have different beliefs. And that's called the no true Christian fallacy. And that actually starts with the apostle Paul, also called Saul. Uh, I was going to tell more about Paul. It may be later, but I actually super hate him, and I'm tired of thinking about him. Uh, so maybe later I'll come back to the story, because there's some interesting stuff. There's also just a lot of Paul arguing with people. 
Uh, I'm not certain yet what my next episode is going to be since I got behind on writing, but uh, hopefully there will be a new one in two weeks, so look out for that. I'll try to, if I if I am not going to have one, I'll try to put it up on um, Twitter and Facebook, so uh, if you follow those, then you'll be informed. Anyway, yeah, uh, good riddance to Paul for the time being. <laughs> Our theme music is Wholesome by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. Thanks so much for listening to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. Until next time, shine on, star child.